the star. The star. The star. Yeah, yeah, y'all already know. Y'all already know. Seven the pants, seven the pants. That dude fits on the fits on the feet. Yeah, yeah. We living in entertainment, entertainment. Sound change, sound change, sound change. Crown the king, crown the king, homie. This is where it get ill. About to have a tip off live as a tip drill. From the court to the diamond to the track to the big skin flying round the fields. Oh, and five forever keeping it real. If it matters in the world of sports, world of sports, teams and long seas, they taking no shorts. So hot the depot, oh, yes. These other sports podcasts live as a pro's corpse. This market wave is starting five goes off, goes off. No matter who you cheer for, emotions out the window. They analyzing with clear thoughts, clear thoughts. They take it way deeper than the boys ever for. No longer got any use for the four letters The latest news, score stats in the view From the sideline, ain't no guideline It's just the truth, just the truth yeah. No need to dig for a part in line It's always in season to keep the start five, start five. We going in on three, run the baseline Start five, get it, we got what you need If the sports news you seek, we don't waste time We talking cause we live it. we got what you need yeah. We going in on three, run the baseline Start five, get it, we got what you need and y'all know me, seven sign, I'm the illest cat stick. I got what you need. I got what you need. 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 We are back, y'all. Back with more what y'all need, as always, each and every week. As long as we remember to fucking get on each and every week. This your boy, the mayor. That DJ named Ace Five. Your mom's favorite fat guy, all the way from. Sunny Africa today, no deep one. It's not, I mean, even though Staten Island is deepest, darkest, everything. <laughs> we back. Newest episode of Star Five. My man's to the to the right. What's good, y'all? Pardon the wind. It's, it's windy as fuck out here. I don't know what's going on. Besides that, it's a beautiful day outside to have a cigar, a drink, and chop up the bullshit with my boy. Mr. Mayor, Mr. Dan Dinkins. What's good, Playboy? How you been? Chilling, man. Chilling, chilling. Just getting, you know, trying to get life back in order. You know, birthday coming in, what, two weeks? Uh, ain't really doing shit. Uh, just, it's, it's just, you know, getting shit back in order. Like, the wife got me back in the gym this morning. So, just had to take the slow steps with doing that because I wanted to get back in. I wanted to get back in and... and, and get to where I should have been in life, get to where I needed to be in life, which was way more swole than just fat. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Just way more swole than fatness. And yeah, I mean, so it's slow steps, slow steps, get just first day back. So I know tomorrow, even with lightweight and high reps, like I did today, it's going to be, uh, it's going to hurt still. It's gonna hurt. But, um, it's a good hurt, though. It's a good hurt. But yeah, but how about yourself? While I bring our our guest in right after you. Before we get started with anything, I gotta give my moms a big happy birthday shout out. Yesterday was a birthday. Happy birthday, uh, Mrs. Uh, so shout out to her, and one of the main reasons I'm here. So <laughs> happy for that. It's a one half of the <laughs> Yeah. You know, can't give them all the credit. <laughs> yeah, but most, but most of it, uh, she's enjoying a weekend. Pop Dukes took care of her this weekend, so it's, it's been it's been all love. So no complaints. Good, good. 
Uh, my brother's birthday is tomorrow. I got a nice throwback picture. I'm gonna put up on the on the page. Uh, sure. <laughs> Peace to the brother sure. Chris. Yes. Early happy birthday! Shouts out to you. I'm sure he'll you know. enjoy that. But let's start without further ado. Let me get rid of this banner so we can see the brother's name. I I I've been interacting with this brother here via his page on TikTok recently, and as I keep telling y'all, TikTok has been my shit. I've been staying away from Facebook for a minute. Um, good brother in hip hop. I mean, like his 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 content. Him and another brother on TikTok, they missed the white. Like they've been keeping me on my toes. And y'all out there, y'all know, y'all know, I know my shit. Y'all know slightly a bit of my resume in the culture or whatever. But this brother right here has been phenomenal on TikTok. So this week's topic, it was like I have to get him on because the topic that he brought at the time, which we're gonna get into in a little while. It's been blowing up all over TikTok. A lot of blasphemy, a lot of great points. But nonetheless, I gotta say peace to my Eagles brother in right here. He didn't even he knew we was connected, but we, we connected. All right. My man Source, of course, from the Source and Co podcast. What's good, good brother? What's up, bro? How you feeling? We good, we good. Say what's up to my man TJ, who's one of my partners and unfortunate Giants fan. TJ. <laughs> How you doing, sir? I'm doing okay. How are you? I'm, I'm good, good. enjoying this weather and, and the cigar. Glad to meet you, though, sir. You and you too. Thank you. Thank you all for having me. Appreciate it. Yeah, definitely. We well, appreciate first, you coming first on. Thing I, first thing I wanted to do before we get into our main course, and uh, generally we do games of the week. We're going to run with that with the NBA this week. Um, I'll explain how that goes in a second. But first and foremost, we got to give rest in peace condolences to Demarius Thomas at 33 years old. I didn't realize. I actually forgot the brother shares the birthday with me. He was about to turn 34 on Christmas Day, the same day I turned 42. Mm. Just before. That shit sucks, man. And they, they said that they found him in his home in Georgia. I believe I seen something where his mom mentioned something about Possible seizure, maybe it's something like that, man. So, condolences to Demarius, man. Like, source, man. Like, I, I mean, the, the brother was a bad brother on the field, man. What do you remember of this young boy, when this kid in his game, man? I just remember him being a a big target, a big and fast target, kind of like uh, I don't want to compare him to DK Metcalf, but kind of like DK Metcalf in a way, big big guy with speed. Um, a main target for uh, for Peyton and his Broncos days, and um, yeah, he was a problem on the field. And I think he had, he went through some injury stuff, which kind of derailed his career. And uh, I just I just saw the the mention of him retiring. I didn't even realize he had retired, but I just saw that after he passed uh, the other day. So definitely rest in peace to that that man. Yeah, man, TJ. 10 years in the league, five-time pro, pro bowler and a Super Bowl champ. And the dude was a problem. Like Source said, he was a problem on the outside. He was very fast. Uh, sort of like these uh, new tight ends coming up, big, wide, rangy guys over six feet, six three, six four, And with the, you know, 440-type speed, he was a prototype at the time. And he was very hard to stop. I mean, he would catch the ball at his apex. 
and he can he could outrun you if you know if it was a foot race he wasn't catching him especially across the middle he had so many big plays across the middle uh he was a great player Helped me a lot in fantasy football when I had him. So. Word. <laughs> Word. Word. And, and the way you mentioned him, like, I mean, he had a build. It looked like he had a build of a tight end, but the man was a wide receiver. Yeah. Yeah. He was definitely a, a big ass wide receiver. Yeah. The dude was huge. And he, he is the dude. <laughs> he is he is the one whose mom and grandma was locked up, right? Mom and grandma was locked up to get like for years. I'm trying to remember. I'd have to. I'd have to look like it is. Actually, I'm gonna look it up real quick. (laughs) Since I'm since I'm on the laptop now, that's the only way I could get in because my phone wouldn't let me in. Uh, At least I just bugged out. But yeah, but yeah, man, look look that up, man. But nonetheless, man, rest in peace to Demarius Thomas. And I, I mean, the kid, the kid definitely was phenomenal on the field, a nuisance to many. Yo, like TJ said. I mean, year in and year out, like sometimes you didn't know what he was going to get from him in fantasy, but he would either help you win leagues or due to injury, unfortunately, you would, you know, I wouldn't blame it on him to lose leagues. But he seemed like he was a phenomenal person off the field, too, and all that, man. And That's what I was about to say, a guy who didn't cause trouble. Like you never heard about him with no beef or, you know, domestic problems or anything like that. He was Mm -hmm. a solid character, you know what I'm saying? A very solid dude. He was he was the one. His mom and grandma were both locked up. Um, I think they had a drug ring. Ooh. They did, they were involved in the drug ring. Right and, out of his out of the house, out of the grandmother's yeah. house, when or something like little. that. Yeah, when he was little. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah, crazy. That was rough. Yeah, it's definitely some rough life shit, man. But everybody kind of goes through it somehow, some way, whether it's that or not. And it sucks. It sucks to hear a young man like this. Again, I got hey Christmas brother, man. Like I you TJ, you know Christmas is all around my shit, man. Like myself, <laughs> my kids, my father, like yeah, like to and to know that this dude was the same birthday as me, but just much younger, man. It's right before that's the right before the birthday, too. Like that's the, the hard thing. Like he didn't even get yeah, to that's... make it to 34, man. That's rough. That's rough, man. But yeah, nonetheless, rough. condolences to uh Condolences to Demarius and his family and all that, man. The Broncos family, NFL family, who was considered him friends or whatever, man. Tough one, tough one. Definitely during the holiday season, man. Sucks. You know, I mean, we don't. We, we all got to go, but we all don't want to have to lose anybody. You know, you True. get what Indeed. I'm saying. We Indeed. all got to go, but we don't want to have to lose anybody. But nonetheless, with the, you know, we got to get off of that real quick, and we're just gonna run through. The games of the week before we get to know our good brother Sauce, of course. <laughs> uh, we're, um, games of the week, we're, we're going to just keep it between us three. Sauce, this is how we've been doing it now. We're kind of sticking towards the NBA because normally this is the Sunday watch-along along with the football games now. We used to pick what we thought was the game of the week. Now we're just kind of sticking with the NBA until uh, until the season ends or say we record earlier. But so pick a day of the week. You pick a day of the week, starting from Monday to next Saturday, and I'll read off the day's games, and you tell us and the people why you think that that game should be the must-watch game of the week for you. Okay. So well, pick a day. <laughs> pick a day of the week, unless you got a game already. I don't have a game. Uh, let's say let's say Tuesday. Tuesday's usually uh, full slate. 
Okay. So Tuesday, we got the Raptors versus the Nets. Warriors versus our Knicks. Ours meaning TJ and I's Knicks. But uh, Pistons, Bulls, Suns, Trailblazers. Those are the games. Hmm. Do I pick the game? Yeah, you pick the game. Oh, I'm definitely picking the next game since y'all both like them. Okay. Okay. You picking them to win? No. Okay. I, I, well, I'm, I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I forgot that quick. He said Golden State. Said Golden State yeah. versus New, yeah. Yeah, sir, New York Knicks. Yeah. yeah, that's a problem. That's a problem. <laughs> <laughs> what, bro, what happened? What, what happened? Y'all was looking so good out the gate. Like, y'all were... Uh, at the top of the top of the east, and yeah, and now y'all are what twelve and fourteen. Yeah, you you said it right. I, getting handed, getting handed by the Bucks as we speak. Oh, real? Yeah, sixty-one forty-eight at the half. It's not looking good. And I didn't like people the, out due to, I didn't due to like COVID the protocol too. I didn't like the disrespect that I seen by fucking Benny the Bull. On TikTok, cause that motherfucker, he said, it said he put up a video say it's showing a, uh, uh, talking about the New York Knicks, and then walks up to a trash can, and saying that that was the representation of the Knicks. Wow! And I immediately was like, "Yo, fuck you, Benny!" <laughs> <laughs> like, fuck you, Benny. But yeah, our Knicks are having a rough go, but that's just kind of been the New York, the New York way for the past few years. It's either ups and down, up and down. I mean, we're still a young team. You know, Julius Randle still got a got a lot more to go as far as developing. Just the team still has a lot more to go as in gelling. And I expect, I don't expect the ass whooping from the the Warriors, but I expect us to at least get beat by ten. That's that's fair enough. That's fair. y'all at the crib. You said right? It was go to state going to yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that, we suck at the you know. crib right now, though. We we play better on the road for some reason. Well, I, I just, is a super problem. Like, yeah, and that's without play. That's without play. Yeah, I'm like I actually yeah. I said it a couple of weeks ago. I was like, man, if they rolling like this without Clay, and it's not like Clay requires the ball, so he's not going to be in the way. He can go go off a couple of picks and just go stand somewhere and relax. Because we know yeah. when he get it, it's flying, and he will be 45, 50% from, from three. So what yep. is you supposed to do? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and and, and as, our, as our man Will Strickland always reminds us, is the last thing you lose is that ratchet. Yeah. And that, that, that muscle memory that Clay has, I mean, we all seen his sports science where the motherfucker was damn near went perfect from three blindfolded. It's <laughs> so, the last thing you're going to lose. The last thing you're gonna lose, but where do y'all pick the game? I already picked Knicks losing by ten. Where do where do y'all pick that game? I got the I got the Knicks taking that L two. Speaking of which, the Knicks is getting so much bad press right now. I was watching um, Power the other day, and it, there's a dude on there who's declaring to go to the NBA draft, and the chick was like, "Why don't you go to the Knicks?" She's like, and the dude was like, "The Knicks can't be saved." I was like, "Fuck y'all." Oh what? <laughs> why'd you even need to why'd you even need to put that in there, yo? It was not it was not necessary. It was not necessary. It was not necessary. I felt like I'm gonna boycott the show up behind this, but I don't know yet. <laughs> the fucking disrespect. Yeah, you, this is your pick source. Where do you where do you have this one going? Oh yeah, I'm going Golden State uh with the obvious dub. Um I uh, 
I hope Tibbs figures out what he's going to do with or without Kimba. If they, if they can ship him out of there early, let's go ahead. Let that man move on. Let that man move on and, and let the Knicks move on as well. Uh, but anyway, yeah, Golden State, um, Steph going to go ahead and give y'all 40. He's going to give y'all the 40. <laughs> in New York. Eight, eight threes. Uh, Ooh, Lord. Yeah. So he's going to break the record against us. He's going to break the record against us. He's going to go eight for 17 from three and uh, get y'all 40 for you. Oh, Jesus. TJ, <laughs> TJ, let's get us, let's get off that stank real quick. <laughs> the, that, the, that accuracy, the accuracy, the accuracy. <laughs> Why you had to go but, uh, so in depth like that, man? You could have just said they were going to win by 15 <laughs> and then we could have just moved on. But no, you got to be like eight for 17. Let's let's, act, let's let's not act like our Knicks haven't been that shit for so long. You're right. You're we, right, you're we, right. We, we get those beatings. I, I definitely do uh, sports as much as hip hop. So, <laughs> yeah. definitely. Uh, definitely. Yeah, yeah. It's on you, TJ. Uh, let's go to Wednesday night. Let's see. What, right. Let's let's see what's happening Wednesday night. Shoot the roulette wheel. All right, Wednesday we night. We got the. Houston Rockets, who've been on a bit of a streak versus the Cleveland Cavs. Hawks, Magic. Heat, Sixers. Lakers, Mavs. Pacers, Bucks. Pelicans, Thunder. Hornets, Spurs. Jesus. Timberwolves, Nuggets. Holy shit. Is everybody in their fucking system playing? Clippers, Jazz. Grizzlies, Trailblazers. Wizards, Kings. That's the hand, gonna, that's whole NBA playing in the same fucking night. <laughs> we uh, we got we just gonna stop at the uh, uh, Heat Sixers. That's gonna be the must see TV right there. Mm-hmm. Um, Sixers have been on a roll since Embiid came back out of the protocol. Thought he's gonna die. Um, Heat is hurting a little bit. Bam is out with an injury. I think another player is out with an injury, but they're still. Uh, Brian Spalestra still's got that team playing hard every night. You're not going to take no nights off with Butler on the court if he's on your team. So I expect them to give a a, a, a good effort. Um, the Sixers are still hurting without uh, Ben Simmons, and they still need capable outside shooters to carry them through the game. I, I got this, uh, the Heat in a close one, maybe by like five. And Jimmy Butler owns Joel Embiid at this point. <laughs> I'm, giving, I'm giving Tyler Hero with the game-winning shot. To beat the Sixers by two, mm. that's why I'm going source, and I, I'm specifically just picking Tyler Hero just cause to rub it in our homie JP's face because he's the diehard Sixers fan. <laughs> but, uh, I'm giving Tyler Hero with the game winners source. What you got? Uh, I'm going with your man's JP. I guess uh, I take the Sixers. Sixers by three, and Embiid give him a 30, 30 and twelve. Yeah, he can get that. Yeah, you can get that. They, they have no inside presence on that. Yeah, team, so. yeah without Bay on, it's a problem. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. All right. Well, last but not least, I'm gonna wrap this up, and I'm gonna go Thursday night. Sixers Nets. Um, Sixers Ooh. Nets Thursday night. I'm taking Brooklyn, not just because uh, you know, it, well, not going New York City biased. I just think Brooklyn is the better team right now. I think Harden's going to be able to find himself in this game, go for like a solid 20, 10, and 10. Um, KD KD is going to put 30 on their head. 
Um, and B to still be able to get his, but he's going to have like about a 25, 10, and 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 say maybe seven assist night. But I'm going with the, the Nets to win by at least five to six points easily, Source. Tommy? Yes, sir. Going, going Brooklyn by eight, um, especially since we just talked about the Sixers playing on Wednesday night, so they got the back-to-back. That might slow and be down since he's coming off an injury or whatever the case may be still. Uh, yeah, KD, KD 30, what, 32 and 8. I give him 32 and 8. That should that should be easy. 32, 8, and 5. Let's go there. There uh, you go. KD and Brooklyn went by TJ. That's, that's interesting. He said it's back-to-back. He might not play against the Heat, but he might play against the Nets. Hmm. That might be the bigger game for them. But uh, like you said, um, Mr. Glass, he'll get his buckets, but the firepower of KD and Harden is going to be just a little bit too much for the Sixers to handle. They don't have nobody to match up with Harden or KD, and um, those guys are going to you know, get to the bucket as well because you're going to pull Joel Embiid out from the paint, and it's going to be to the, rack, to the rack all day. So I'm with you maybe eight, ten points on this one. And um, that's that's how I see the Nets pulling away for. They'll pull away late, if anything. They, they just got too many solid clutch players on that team. You mean who are you going to guard, KD or Harden, who you, to take the last shot if it was close? Like, you know, once Harden starts cooking, KD is going to be an easy night for him. So I see, uh, like you said, maybe eight to ten points, but it's definitely going to end. And I had to show the, the the standings of the East right now, just because of y'all mentioning like the Sixers back to back and B coming back, and and playing back to backs, and the way the standings lay now, yeah, it does look like Brooklyn is the more important game than the Heat, even though at thinking about it as an athlete and and understanding you got to climb that level, that ladder piece by piece. By peace, Miami should be the more important game to get that step that's the up. That's the team you should be. That's the team because you should a, be. Yeah, because just a, just off of standings, uh, uh, the visual of the standings alone, and they're only a game off of each other, literally a game off of each other. So you would think, you would think that the the, the Sixers and Doc would would make a more of a priority against the Heat, but you also want to take out whoever's the top dog. So. Will Joel Embiid be able to man up and play two nights in a row? That's that is the good question. He hasn't done that shit since he's been in the league, bro. <laughs> don't, don't look for it. Don't look for it Wednesday or Thursday. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> word up, word up. But anyway, man, let's get right into the shits, man. Before we get into the shits, let's find out a little bit more about you, Source, man. Like, tell the people who you are, what you do, where you come from. A little bit of your hip hop background and and sports background because as you let us know a little earlier that your your podcast, uh, as I looked it up with Source and Co, you do you do sports, you do hip hop, just like we do. We're a sports politics hip hop everyday life kind of show, man. But let's help us get to know more about you. All right, I'll I'll be brief. <laughs> so. Uh... I do a podcast. I host a podcast, so sourcing company, which you mentioned. Really, it's just I'm from Richmond, Virginia. So 
sourcing company, I usually interview people who are connected to Richmond, whether they business or entertainment, basketball, hip hop, you know, whatever the case may be. Anybody I can get my hands on that's willing to tell their story, their life story. Like the motto of the show is everybody's got a story. So I just try to get people to tell their story, share their story, and maybe they'll help somebody else or, you know, be motivating or whatever the case may be. I also do, uh, like you, I have a, a sports group. It's okay to mention a sports group. <laughs> Yo, <laughs> we're in, no, men, mention what you want because the way we operate here, whether people remember us once we're done or not, we show love to everybody. Word, and the word. point, the point of what we do here, part of what we do here is we have to give, we give love to everybody and we love to see each other win. So if, if we don't get anywhere and you do from this dope, if we don't go nowhere from this, whatever. But the point of this is, is building relationships, building new bonds, building new friendships, new sources of communication, because you never know. We could be coming down to Virginia one time to do something, whether it's here to start a five or my company, HHDG Media. We could be coming down to Virginia, yo, source, let's connect and do something. You right. coming up here to New York, yo, let's connect and do something. But nonetheless, if you ever needed us to push your shit, yo, hit me up. Yo, Dan, can you throw this up for me? We got you. We, we, we're about spreading love and not worried about the inter... We, we love the intermingling. I love the intermingling. Showing love is what I love to do and... and Give everything, give everything out, man. We 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 here for you too. We cool. here for you too. That's why we putting the spotlight on you right now. I appreciate it. So, uh, a friend of mine, my man Chris, and I do a um, sports podcast called the Sports Bar Podcast (SBP). It's a group on Facebook. Um, basically, we talk sports, hip hop, TV, movies, beer. We play FanDuel every Sunday for the NFL. Uh, we do some NBA stuff talk parlays you know we just talk about whatever and um it's pretty cool it's, it's very laid back uh we argue sports and hip-hop or whatever but the people we, we made it so that the people do not bring their politics into this particular space because we can talk about politics anywhere like if you want to talk about politics do it on your personal page i do it on my personal page or race or whatever the case may be anything that's going to be you know, kind of a, a, a fight <laughs> at some point. We try to let that be and this be a place where everybody comes and has a good time, you know, talk sports, beer, whatever. Like I said, it's a, a group on Facebook, the SBP. And um, we we actually just did a show this morning. We do Sunday mornings live and pick like six or seven NFL games, talk about them and um, chop that up. And whatever happened during the week as far as sports or hip hop is concerned. And, uh, you know, I used to rap, but that never turned into anything for real. So <laughs> the group's well, well, name, I, I'll mention it. The group's name yeah. is Grown, Grown Folks. Um, my name is, was, is, was Mike Source, M-I-C, Source, one word. Um, the only thing that is streamable, like on Spotify, Apple Music, et cetera, is the, our album, which was under the name Grown Folks. It was called Child's Play. Um, came out oh six. Had uh, Sky Zoo, um, Phil the Agony, Darian Brockington. Who else? 
maybe another one or two people that might be recognizable. It was, I mean, it was a dope project. It just never turned into anything bigger, but we still got that and it created some, you know, nice relationships and stuff like that. So while it didn't come become what I wanted it to be, it probably was more beneficial because I'm, you know, married, two kids, 21 years married. So, you know, it's a lot to it, especially even being that small, it was still jumping on the road to go to North Carolina, to go to DC, to go to wherever and do a show and then drive back and go to work. And, you know, it just became a lot. And the success was not there to quantify going more to me. So here we I are. know that. I I I shit. I I know that feeling of shit not adding up, you know what I'm yeah. saying? because I, I my personal experiences within hip hop is I've been a DJ since '96, but I kind of stopped doing parties even back then. Another story for another day on why. But um, I've as of as of, as recent as 2015, I, I was on a um a radio station, online radio station, where my first my first mix was heard in over 20 plus countries. Um, we've I, I've done events as far as like we've hosted uh, the Odd Couple, aka the Executioners, Rob Swift and Mr. Sinister, out yeah. here on Staten Island. We used to run a hip hop karaoke out here on Staten Island. Um, I was a cameraman for my homies ARP and Shata on uh, Red Breed Entertainment, RBE, the Rap Battle League. I did that from the first event till about 2018. Had a lot of dope battles under my belt as far as camera work. Um, we've, I mean, shit, we've done so many. I've done so many things. Like you mentioned Sky Zoo. Um, my, my homie Fred Benz had him on a track with us, and we I helped film one of the videos that was being shot in Brooklyn with Sky Zoo. Like we did a couple scenes with him there. We've met Sky Zoo several occasions through our uh, group HHDG. Uh, um, I am a co-owner with four other partners in HHDG Media. We're a hip hop multimedia company where my partners have, one has over 30 plus years as a DJ. My homie T Smith is uh, almost 28 years in the TV and movie in film industry right. like and and he's hit like just mentioning him i believe it was the black album movie that jay-z had out about you know all the the recording behind the scenes in the studio shit mm -hmm. he filmed all of that like so we we got we got some people under our belt that's done some things but when you mentioned the shit ain't adding up we could talk about that another day with a lot of just shit that i've been through personally that shit stops because yeah. i too i'm married three kids three daughters you know yeah. fun, and fun fact for you my last two daughters because i mentioned my birthday's christmas day my youngest daughter is christmas day my middle daughter is the day after christmas wow. and those two and those two are 364 days apart so they're irish twins the middle is older and then my father is the day after christmas also <laughs> wow. Yeah, Christmas is y'all's time. Y'all get it, it in. March, March is the sexy time, and in, in these just, families. just, uh, <laughs> just turn your, just turn your pockets out the last week of, uh, before Christmas, Danny. Just give up all your money, man. For real. <laughs> that's it, that's it, man. But, but I mean, listen, we could sit and talk about that stuff all day. The hip hop culture, and I, and I have to specify culture. Because as you've seen my video in response to uh, 
into your into your video, which I'm going to try to pull up now, so the people are familiar with what we're speaking on, and why we had to bring this up as a topic. Um, I, I people always forget when mentioning hip hop. The average layman, as I will call him for right now, only thinks of rap music. And to me, that is a problem. How do you see that being somebody who participated actively within the culture also? Uh, Well, you know, it's it's not surprising. I think, man, hip-hop is a culture, like you said. I think that most people who are outside of whatever culture only dig into a different culture on the surface anyway. So they're only going to look at the most popular thing or the most, the most, the thing that most people are attracted to. So they're just looking at the, the pop version of whatever the culture is, if that makes sense. Um, I don't, I mean, it is what it is. It is what it is. The fact that hip hop culture or hip hop in general, uh, pretty much runs the world at this point, as far as, content and everything it's literally everywhere from you know entertainment to business to everything from hip-hop artists becoming entrepreneurs to them being brands that are advertising for whatever company yeah you never you never thought oh i never thought it would go here so it's kind of crazy yeah, like shout out to the homie Ed. He said these young Thundercats forget there are five elements to this hip hop culture nostra. There's actually more if you really want to really, really want to go there, Ed, because we got the we got the, the core four, as we'll call it for now, is the DJ, which started all of this shit, as I should remind y'all. The B-boy and B-girl, the MCs. And what really we could say started it all is the dancers, I mean the writers, the writers, but but when it comes to the writers though, there has been, and since we're going right to the controversy, let's go right in on this. The OG writers out there from Lady Pink scene, even Grandmaster Flash himself says that the graffiti is not hip hop. Yet we've adapted that as a part of our culture from day one. What's your mm-hmm. thoughts on that? If you ever even heard that before. I don't know if you've even heard that before. I was about to say that. That's new information. I've never heard anybody say that. Uh, I I don't know what they mean by that. I, well, okay. I guess it, it, it didn't start out like nobody was started out tagging as a sign of hip hop or as a, you know, to support hip hop or anything. They just tag him because that's what they did. Right. And maybe hip hop kind of adapted graffiti to it as opposed to graffiti adapting hip hop. Yeah, but that I've never heard and, that before though. And that and I think that's exactly how it happened in my pink from my point of view. Because when you listen to a scene, a lady pink, especially especially them two, because those two are some of the architects of the graffiti culture within this space of hip hop and the world. They will say it like scene was like I was into the rock and punk scene at the time while we were out there doing graffiti. Lady Pink was I was in the rock and the disco and all of that. And I and while out there doing graffiti on the trains and in the streets and everywhere like that's where the 
when they were writing like hip hop culture as I mean, hip hop and rap music as a whole wasn't even fully created yet. Right. It wasn't something that was towards the masses. This is why they say that it's not hip hop, but yet it is something that we've adapted to us and our style because it it added to the rebellious nature of hip hop culture. And we all know how hip hop culture was, TJ. It, it, it's yeah. I think um, graffiti got into hip hop when it got into the fashion, when you saw dudes rocking uh, tag pieces on their jean jackets and uh, down the sides of their legs and stuff. That's where really we incorporated graffiti into hip hop. The early break dancers with the bubble letters on the sweatshirts for their crews, um, you know, all the tags and stuff like that with the names. And then you started incorporating the shows. They would have these big walls behind them with tags of the groups and stuff like that. So we folded around graffiti and brought it in to hip hop. And that's where, why most people say graffiti is hip hop because that's what they saw on the dancers, on the battle, on the battle dancers, on the rappers backs and stuff like that. So, and these people were part of the community too. They knew, they knew the MCs like graffiti artists and hip hop artists lived in the same building. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't like there was no distinct uh, place where they only hung out. No, they hung out in, 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 in pretty much the same neighborhoods and stuff like that. People knew who the taggers were. People knew who the dancers were. People who knew the MCs were. And that's what we're, I think where we're at today with it. Um, it's not as celebrated as I think it should be, just like with the dancing, because I think fashion just really morphed and took over the hip hop genre with, with the clothing. It just got out of control, especially in the early 90s when we started getting cross colors and the fat farms and the, the baby fat and all that other stuff. Like there was Jabot jeans and all that stuff and, and the hill figures and the polos. So that really started to take over the industry a lot in that right. sense. But, uh, but and also to adding on when we're talking about the culture as a whole, fashion is one of those quote unquote elements. The, but the most important one that I know we as a crew push as far as HHDG Media is concerned is the lens. The lens, the camera. If it wasn't for the camera, a lot of this early stuff would not be documented for us to know. This is why it is such an important piece to the hip hop culture and why we've been pushing it the way we have. And shout out to my man T again for starting this initiative. He already had the likes of Ralph McDaniels. Like, yeah, I'm on board with whatever movement y'all start with this. You know what I'm saying? He got that same blessing from KRS One personally like yo yes this is a part of the culture because if it wasn't for uh the joe sconzos and and all these other peoples and stuff like that like we wouldn't know what the early days looked like if it wasn't for somebody that said yo fuck it i can't dance i can't i can't dj i can't rap but i got this little freaking instamatic joint and <laughs> you know what i'm saying like it, it it had to get documented but that's just the start of some of the controversy that people might not be aware of and stuff like that. I mean, shit, we just hipped you to something, so it's like... Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you absolutely. know, but, but... Oh, shit. It decided, to, it decided to play. Let's give the people, though, what sparked this whole conversation. And, and it comes from your page via TikTok. Again, TikTok has been the most fun place for me on the internet thus far. And let's 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 go into a little bit of 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 this 
and let's listen to some of this blasphemy and let's talk about some of this stuff. Red Man is a better rapper than Nas. Let me rewind that a little Stitch bit. Stitch this with your most controversial hip-hop opinion that you're willing to discuss. Red Man is a better rapper than Nas. Drake is the best rapper of all time. I don't feel comfortable putting the Notorious Big in my top five, albeit he's lyrically gifted. He doesn't have enough body of work to stand with the people that are in top fives. I feel like Big Boy is extremely disrespected, and I feel like he's on the same playing field as Andre 3000. People often bring up Andre 3000 in discussion of greats, but always leave off Big Boy. Jay-Z don't got bars. You have never heard something that Jay-Z said and been like, oh, he say clever shit, but he don't got bars. That's the point that I want to stop at right now. I want to I want to go in on some of these yeah. topics here. I want to go in on some of these here. But when when you did when you did your live the other day yeah. and you 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 specifically talked about this point here. And I said that this was a nuanced conversation between generations. And I don't know if you saw my comment on that and I wish I had the time cuz I would have tried to send the invite to join that part of the conversation. For niggas to say that Jay-Z don't have, quote-unquote, bars like that. And looking at that young brother, I could tell he's of a certain age. This generation of rap right now is, quote-unquote, concerned with the, quote, bars. And coming from the battle rap world like I have been in, this discussion of bars is, is very tricky. Because, one, a person like Jay-Z makes music makes songs metaphorically try to find a few people that are better than him metaphorically when people talk bars in my opinion they're talking more the rappers who do similes that people think are metaphors and you you and as an mc you get me because people would be like such and such and such like that like is what turns it into the simile, yeah, not they, the metaphor. They looking for, I feel like that guy was looking for punchlines. Yes. When yes. he said bars, he means uh, he don't have punchlines as in the setup, blah, 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 like blah, blah, blah. Yeah, hey, I'm, I'm totally with you on that. Because to say that JJ doesn't have bars is just like, that's just ignorant. Like not even ignorant, not controlling him ignorant. I'm saying in reality, that's an ignorant statement. Like, how could you say something like that? That makes no sense. That makes no sense. It, at I, TJ, it may, it, go ahead, go ahead, my bad. I was just going to say, I, I only, I don't know if you were still in. I I started going through, I was like, bro, let me just go through a verse. Yeah, <laughs> I was listening at the time. And you went I, went through through a whole P, verse. I went through the first verse of PSD. I was like, Explaining that, John, like, what am I missing? That you know, I don't know, bro. That whole that whole song was just a very clever source. That whole song was just very clever. Yeah, right. It was According, clever. Ac- no bars. He's clever though. No bar. Listen, man. Like you said, bars is a tricky subject because Slick Rick is a great storyteller, but he drops bars in his stories. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Karis One is a knowledgeable MC. Yes, he's got bars. Two contrasts of styles. Don't mean they don't have bars. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. So to to say that these guys don't have bars is, is ridiculous. Like Kooji rap has bars, but it, or, you know, it's mostly gangster rap. But you can't tell me that the man doesn't have bars. Mm-hmm. You got three different styles. De La Soul has bars. Tribe Called Quest has bars. 
Run DMC has bars. Like, even though their styles are at the opposite ends of the spectrum, you can't subtract that from the way they rhyme or their style of rhyming because you can't relate to what a bar is in your world, all right? right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. You, have, you have to understand the entire platform of rap music to understand who does and who doesn't have bars. Shit, even Nice and Smooth had bars, and this shit was on some funny shit. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Is Dizzy so, Gillespie? Dizzy Gillespie played the sax. Me myself, right. I like the max. Like, <laughs> like that's a quote unquote. That's a bar. Even though Dizzy Gillespie did not play the sax, right. <laughs> and, and there still ain't no bones in ice cream. <laughs> you, know what I'm you know what I'm saying? I don't care how so, many times the ball bounces. Right. Still so, no bones in ice. <laughs> this dude is speaking from a, a very narrow perspective right. of of rap music that he's only listen to like he i don't know i can't speak for him but from that statement alone he's very narrow-minded in terms of what bars should be to him right and that is not the case with all these talented mcs out here it's just not like, the case like i i think like i think what it is sources is when it, people talk that bars talk it's it's so people instead of wanting a full song, like they just want to be oh oh oh, like they just like battle rap. They just want that reaction. But then when you put together a quote unquote bar heavy MC, let's think about the song itself. I it's not there, which will spin me into one of the last things you were talking about. Exhibit or game? If you were to take one of these two, who would you take? Exhibit or game? I personally, TJ knows me. I am far from the biggest game fan. But if you want to talk bars, game got bars, but he don't put together great songs like Exhibit, where Exhibit will give you bars, but Damn, puts most- together a great song. Most MCs with that are bar heavy don't have commercial songs. They're not getting heavy radio airplay like that because it's like you said, it's not a song. It's not constructed to be a song where, where you like you said, it's like a battle rap. You can't make two battle rappers uh, in, in, that are battling each other into a. I mean, you can try to make it into a song. It ain't going to be what you listen to every day. You're like, oh, let me go throw on this battle rap because I, I I need to hear the bars. You know what I'm saying? It's not. It's not like it's going to get played on the radio like that. So uh, most like, you know, Royce is a great bar heavy MC. You know what I'm saying? But more of his popular joints were a little light on that end because it was a song. It was a, it was a song and it had a beginning. It had structure. And, you know, most dudes with bars are just going in and they're going in for two, three minutes with no hook. You know, you know, no, no, no construction to it. They, they're just blasting through it. So, yes, you could you could be a very bar he- heavy MC, but are are there many bar heavy? Look at Papoose. Papoose is like the king of bar heavy MC, right? Where's Papoose on the radio? You'll never find him unless it's like a Memorial Day weekend or some shit like that, and they gotta throw somebody on in the, at the four AM mix. You know what I'm saying? That's real. It just don't happen. It, it just don't happen like that. That's real. I mean that. To not to change the subject totally, but that is why I, when people say Big L would have made Jay Z, you know, 
lesser than he is. I'm like, I don't understand that. I don't understand that. At, like, it makes no, that makes no sense to me. I don't understand it. I just, I didn't even realize, like, until recently that that J, that uh, L was going to be signed to Rockefeller. I did not, I'm not sure I ever heard it. Maybe I heard it when it happened and just forgot about it, but that's not something I remember, oh, okay. you know, for real. But I'm like, what would Big L do that would affect Jay-Z as a rapper? Jay-Z raps about everything, like women and drinking and bars. Politics, and politics, everything. About. Yeah, right. L raps about street life and punch and his punchlines. What? So I don't understand how the two even mix, but everybody yeah. says it. That didn't, yeah. And well, that was one of them things that like, I guess... I, I hate putting it in a regional sense, but a lot of us New Yorkers did know that Big L was up next to be with Rockefeller before he died. But like speaking on them too, and like Ed's comment here, December 4th is an entire memoir on wax that I know published writers who use that as an example in their writing classes on how to write a memoir. Like that's one of them differences in, in a Jay-Z versus a Big L is, is Jay-Z though we know technically he doesn't pen the paper anymore or, or even since big, let him know, like he don't put pen to paper, but it's pen to paper right here. He's giving you a full fleshed out story with the quote unquote punches and bars in there. And good MCs like that give you that replayability. Like right. I, I love big L. I don't get me wrong. I love big L, but big L stuff was easier to get. That you didn't have to be like, oh shit, yo, I, what was that again? Let me rewind that. Like, let me bring that back. Like, that's why I love Doom so much. Rest in peace to 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 Daniel Dumoulin, man. His music, people hate him for some reason. Some personal, I know why. Shout outs to the homie, <laughs> but um, his music is so fucking layered that it you can rewind and do a case study piece by piece by almost every eight bars in a track and mm -hmm. discover some total deep shit that it's like holy crap where quote unquote it is bar heavy but it goes over your head bar heavy because he's still putting together a song it's still it's putting like, together a song it's like your favorite rapper Dan Fabulous who's just a, a big heavy punchline rapper <laughs> Dan hates fabulous source. Uh, <laughs> hates him. But then you got a Jay Electronica, you know what I'm saying? Who who's on that same level where he'll kick some shit that'll go right over your head and you'll come back to him like, oh, that's what he was talking about. You know, but he, he's a very popular MC that gives you, you know, gives you hard hitting. Uh, bars with 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 a little antidote in there to to throw you off a little bit. So to make you I mean, think, yes, to, to make you think, right. And so when you, you when you say these rappers don't have bars, they didn't get this this far and this successful because they didn't have bars. That's just don't it don't happen. <laughs> it don't happen. You can't fudge your way through hip hop and be as successful as Jay Z without bars. He was he used to battle DMX. On a like a nightly basis, you didn't think the man had bars for DMX, and DMX has bars. Like you know what I'm saying? So to say Jay Z doesn't have bars, man. I mean, that guy was. I guess he was. That was the hot button topic, and he wanted to to make some noise, and he got it. 
Well, Sauce, again, we're we're talking this because you brought the conversation. So give us some of your favorite ones that were like that that were controversial for us to discuss right now. Responses, whether it responses or even some of your own takes, like I'll give you one that will make y'all either mad or uh, that y'all won't even have a response for because it's nothing to respond to. This dude said, I think it's in the second or third, because I did three parts of that joint. I think in the second or third joint, uh, I put him in there and he said, KRS-One, man, he is a legend and he is like knowledgeable, but he can't rap. (laughs) I was like, sir, (laughs) sir. What are we talking about here? What are, what are we doing? <laughs> Cut his mic off. Please don't no. let him on the internet no more. Yo. Nobody even I I have still on to this to this day, and this was uh at least about a week and a half ago, whatever it was. <laughs> no person has sent a reply to that. They talk about everything else. Not one person has said anything about his statement. They just scroll right past that shit. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> moving on, moving on. Yo. <laughs> You see, me just my, you see me just throw oh my headphones, my right? Y'all saw that, right? I, oh, my God. That's so you, sad you have to laugh, bro. You can't get upset about it. It's, you were it's right, comical. though. There's nothing to say to that. There's nothing to say. What can, what can you do with that? What can you do with that information? Nothing. <laughs> 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 that, was, that, that was a clout chase move. That's what I'll call that one. That was a clout chase move. The weird part is, it like, I mean, I, you know, I would agree with that, but it didn't feel like it when he said it. It felt like he was just like, there's one lady on the end of uh, one of the videos, she's sitting back smoking a cigar, and she just turns to the camera and says, Tupac is overrated. That felt more like a clout chase move to me because she had no other information, she had no details. She just said that and moved on with her life. So, and I put it in there because she looked cool doing it. She was like chilling, looking over here. Then she turns to the camera, like, said what you said, and that was it. So mm-hmm. it looked good. It didn't make any sense to me. I, you know, whether you like Tupac or not, saying he's overrated 25 years after he's dead without having the context of his effect on culture and music and all that. You know, if you didn't think he was nice then, that's one thing. But to say it now and you're just looking back and don't even have anything to compare it to, I can't. Like, I would say Pac isn't top five, but that's personal to me. But to to discount that man's legacy on, I mean, just work ethic alone. (laughs) And we've all heard the stories of work ethic alone. Like, this man had the work ethic of he knocked out albums worth of content in studio sessions a night whether it came out or not always staying on his toes always keeping his pen sharp his hits undeniable right undeniable like your grandmother loves tupac joints there's at least one that your grandmother might know you know what i'm saying like wow there's some people but like ed said someone said krs1 can't rap Cocaine cut with fentanyl is a hell of a drug. The fuck, like for real. Now he did. He did have a. Uh, he did have a bonnet on. So there's that. But 
<laughs> no, I'm just joking. He did. I mean, he, you know, he probably had dreads or, or you know, braids or something. But that's what that made it funny. He on. said Tupac's still recording all the way from Valhalla. That's how hard he works. <laughs> but this one here, though, this is one controversial. This is one of the most controversial people in hip hop. And I know you even had words on this one. Based on this awesome combo, where does Eminem land in all of this? Battle rapper, storyteller, bars, no bars. I'm a, let me let me start this one off. To me, Eminem is one of the greatest ever. And in in my response video to you, which I think didn't make your cut just yet because I was a little too logical in this sense, where I had mentioned top fives should be like top five should be personal to you. Like I remember, I think it was BT or MTV had that little commission of people who you could take them and leave these people. I think DJ Vlad was one of them. They tried to come up with an overarching universal top five with people who were, you could tell some of them liked rap, but just worked in the industry and yada, yada, yada. Top fives to me, it should just be personal. Eminem is one of those people that should be personally in a top five, but he goes along with my conversation of having a legends category. People that are top tier MCs that do not need to be quantified by a number. And the reason why I even built that was because I would always leave Ice Cube out of my top five and Master Ace. It's hard to put them two in for who I really, really love the most. But these two cats are some of the reasons why I love rap as a whole. Eminem belongs in that conversation because Eminem, though album-wise, he's got a lot of, yes, you know. But try to out-rap that dude. It's tough. He's one of those MCs that along the same level of black thought, you don't want to battle these cats. Like, these are the two that are like, like, like gold standard MCs that it's like you don't want to go head to head with them on a track because they're going to either make you want to rewrite your shit or start all over or say, fuck this, I'm not doing as good as these two did on a verse, on a song. And I'm talking like posse cut shit, you know? Even Busta Rhymes kind of falls into that category of, I don't want to follow him. And I think a lot of the vitriol for Eminem is I'm a just simply because he's white. And a lot of people, especially TJ, you know, this goes down in our HHDG group all the time. People try to find every little witch away between, oh, I don't talk, I don't, I don't know about drugs like that. Oh, he's talking about killing his mama and this and that and the third. If we understood his traumatic upbringing, you would understand rhymes like that. We don't, I, I never lived that, but you could feel it through the music. You know what I'm saying? When you're talking about killing the mama and drugs, he's talking about part of his past life of substance abuse and things like that. Yeah, what... You, you don't relate to Conway or Benny or... You don't relate to G-Rap's rap, uh, 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 you know, shit. You don't relate to the gangster rapper N.W.A. and people. You don't relate to those things. Just, but you love the music. I think a lot of the not relating to Eminem is just simply he's a white MC, but they don't want to admit that. 
That's Here's my take. Here's my take. When he came on the scene, he shifted the culture because nobody ever heard a white dude spit like this before. And he was good. He wasn't average. He wasn't mediocre. He was, he was good. Not only he's good, he was really good. And then when he started rhyming with other MCs and he was holding his water, it was like, oh, shit, this boy's a problem. And that bothered a lot of people because he shouldn't have been a problem. He, people were upset that he was out rhyming their favorite MC. People were upset that he was putting out more bars than their their best MC or had more punchlines than his, their, their favorite MC. And that fucked up a lot of people's heads. It's like, how does this white dude come on a scene? And he's blowing, he's blowing these dudes out the water on a track. Like, I, I don't understand that. And on that point there, too, before we let, I'll let you go on this source, people who don't pay attention as deeply maybe as some of us do, they didn't realize Eminem was in the scribble, like, scribble jam stuff like that. He was in the battle scene like that. And, and I've watched him get beat by MC Juice. Watched him get beat by Supernatural, shit like that, where people don't realize, yo, Eminem was living in New Jersey for a long part of the time, a, a, a early part of his career, down with the outsiders, with Young Z at Pace One and all of them, sharpening his bars, all throughout the New York and Jersey scene, like, sharpening his bars, getting his shit right, until Dr. Dre found him, and then put him over the top. Now, I will say, Source, that yes, his whiteness helped him elevate to the standards that he was because he was that bridge that brought together people that weren't of rap and hip-hop culture at one time saying, hey, now I have somebody that I can look at. But then you're, t you're also taking the opinions of people who haven't been in rap, haven't been within this hip-hop culture for a long time, and now they're propping him as the GOAT because they are their favorite MC because he's their favorite MC because, hey, he looks like me. But I'm going to listen to Eminem, but I'm still going to go back to Slipknot. Real quick, though, he is a historian of, of the culture, too. Like He yeah, gives his props. Actual facts. And and he he respects the people that paved the way before him. So you, because you, you can't knock uh, you can't uh, knock the dude for for doing his homework while he was in the game. And he will tell you people like Tretch is his biggest influence. Farrell Monch is an influence on him. Fucking G Rap, Master he Ace. loves G Rap. Master yeah. Ace is one of his biggest favorites. Like that's them things that I think source that people don't pay respect to when talking about him is that he's not just white MC that just jumped in the space. Like he's really of this shit. <laughs> I got like 25 different things I want to say. Go ahead, say them. I can't remember all. That's why I had to grab my notebook and start jotting down what y'all were saying so I could <laughs> I could come back and, and say something. All right, so I don't even know where to start. Like it's all over the place. I'm all over the place. Uh, okay, so I like Eminem overall. I like Eminem. I know, and there's no question that he can rap. There's that's not even a question. When people say he's he can't rap, especially when white people say he can't rap, I'd be like, you just saying that just to say it because you can't say he can't rap like. You can not like him, or you can not think he's as good as he gets props for, but to say he can't rap makes no sense. 
But I don't think that him out rapping people is really a thing. I think he's more dynamic than a lot of people. So he appears like Busta appears. Busta doesn't necessarily outbar anybody specifically. Not that Busta can't rhyme, but he doesn't necessarily outbar somebody on a song. He outshines them on a song. I think M and Busta are the same as far as outshining people on the song. Black Thought lyrically just outshines people on the song, and I don't think he even tries to. I think he just goes into the song to make the best song possible, and his skill level is so high that most times he looks like he's just shining over everybody. That's just, you know, him as an MC. Uh, I feel you on the, the concepts thing, though. I feel you on the, um, like, you don't know the life of all these other people, gangster rapper, whoever else, and you use that against uh, Eminem because he's talking about killing his mom. I'm big on him talking about killing his mom and black people ain't going to talk about that. And that would never sell because it would never sell. No, nobody's buying that if he was black. And I don't, I, I was about to say, I don't think I know that Dr. Dre is not signing Eminem if he's black, because what would be the point? What, why would Dr. Dre sign a black battle rapper to aftermath? That doesn't, that makes no sense. So he wasn't going to sign right. And I don't want to say cannabis because cannabis is a top tier battle rapper, but he wouldn't sign random battle rapper to to Aftermath. And they're not from LA or not from the West Coast. So there would be no other reason other than M is nice and he's white. And so, marketable, marketable because right. he's white. Because yeah. he's white. And, and I feel that. White people think that white people in the uh that follow me on, on TikTok think that I don't like Eminem. They think I don't like Eminem and they don't they think I don't like him because he's white, which I find to be hilarious because I break down the you know, I, I tell them why. And regardless of what I say, uh how they call me a racist. <laughs> <laughs> You're racist. I was like, I'm not even gonna get to the point of black people can't be racist to white people in America. That's a whole nother conversation. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Yeah, we don't have to go there, but we could go there. We do that here. Saying, <laughs> on the page, look, I try not to even get into that type of stuff on that page because one is so new. And two, I'm not, you know, there's a million people who get on TikTok and argue black, white, racist, not racist all day, every day. And that's cool if that's what you want to do. I, I really don't want to do that every day, all day. I want, I'll do it when I do it, when I want to do it. On my time, but I'm not gonna be arguing black, white, like all day, every day. I can't do it. I, I don't want you to do it. That's not fun. And TikTok has been fun for me since I've been on it. So I'm not trying right. to do that. So either way, I, I know Eminem's dope. I respect Eminem. I think he's a top uh level rapper. And you know, he was battle MC, he did all that. It was on Lyricist Lounge stuff, Lyricist Lounge three, I think he was. Um, you know, Rocket style, all that. But I do think that M would still be with, and I said M was, uh, if he was black, he'd be cannabis. But I think that was an overstatement because I don't think he'd be cannabis. I think he'd be less than cannabis because cannabis is a legend to a lot of people. And I'm not saying skill level. I'm not saying skill level. I'm saying impact. Cannabis, if I, I mean, we talk about cannabis, people know who cannabis is. Yeah. We know that cannabis battle LL, cannabis 
had the best verse on Beast from the East. People argue that that's one of the best verses of all time, blah, blah, blah. I don't know that Eminem could be black and and be that. I don't think he could even be that. I think he'd be less because I can, we all know a million MCs who are nice and nobody knows who they are. So I'm not sure if he would have ever reached, you know, the public view overall. Right. Yeah. You know, I think he was dope, but you know, does he? Yeah. It's, it's arguable to me. No, I give you that. I give you that. And and it's it's very debatable, arguable. I mean, the the better than cannabis, I think even still lyrically, yeah, he was better than cannabis, but lyrically, I, but they, they they both rap about just saying they both rap it, about things that nobody cares about. Like generally speaking, black people don't care about <laughs> the moon and the stars, but cannabis raps about it. And they don't care about killing a mom and putting their girlfriend in the trunk and all that when M raps about it. Yeah. <laughs> they they care about the moon and the stars if it's coming from a five percent point of view. I'd say that. They, if, oh, if, oh, if it's oh. on some scientific miracle, lyrical spirituals, you know what like I'm saying? Who but, like, like who? well, I mean, if you take it to wise intelligence, uh, you take it to a J Electronica, you take it to the Jizza. You know, and the Jizza is the one who's noted as having the most dynamic lyric ability in hip hop. Like, AK, quote unquote, used the most words yeah. in songs. Him and Aesop Rock, a white guy, right, used the most words in 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 rap. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's Eminem isn't up there, but I mean, the thing with Eminem to me, especially in nowadays, is his use of flow. And when you listen oh, to yeah. him on in songs now, like you hear him try to touch shit in lanes that people don't dare try to do because they can't do it. True. Because they can't do it. Like there's a brother actually on, on TikTok. I think he goes by like Mazbu or something like that. Like he teaches about different flows. He gives breakdowns and teaches about different flows and how say rhyming on the one and the three is still rhyming on beat. Unlike rhyming on the two and the four or the, or you're rhyming on the one and then the four and then the three and then the two like bounce. Like there's ways to do these things that the average fan might not understand because they're used to boom, 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 boom. Boom. They're used to exactly. That's part of the reason why I'm not a fan of Fab. I don't hate Fab. I'm not a fan because <laughs> it is it, to me. It is ABCD rap. Very easy to get. And even Jay Z told them, "Yo, you don't want to be over lyrical. You want to dumb it down some so people could get it." That's what made him the success that he is today. Because you don't go you don't go over lyrical in some cases. But a person like Eminem. It it may sound over lyrical, but he's just spitting it in a flow that you can't catch. And that's 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 another thing right there. People don't realize that M is not the most lyrical person. Like he's not. If he crazy, wants to be, though, crazy word. His yeah, his words are, are basic. He uses basic words to rhyme. He uses dope flows to get there. But right. his word usage is not like he's not using. He's not going triple entendre with words. He's going triple entendre with sounds. So he's not going right. to give you a four-syllable word and another four-syllable word that rhymes. He's going to give you four words that rhyme and then, you know, four more that rhyme with the word before it. It's a, it's a you know, it's nuance. It's nuanced to, to me. So It is. It is. It is. But another controversial tape bringing up cannabis. Let's rewind a little bit with the 4-3-2-1. We all remember that shit. 
LL Cannabis won the battle. LL LL, I think cannabis won the battle. LL won the war. That's where I make the difference. Now, I personally, from thinking back in that era, it took LL about two or three more songs after second round knockout to really give him that knockout blow. But then the winning of the war was I'm still going. I'm on my 10th album while where the fuck are you? But then eventually we got cannabis back by way of, by way of the horseman situation. So I, that's just me. We won't go controversy. That, that makes sense. And that, you can't say that cannabis' song wasn't. I think cannabis' song was doper than L's song, song, whatever song you choose. It definitely was. It definitely yeah, was. It was. It's kind of like the Knicks. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. It's Go ahead. okay to it's Go okay ahead. to bury us. <laughs> I don't have anything specific, but <laughs> I was just saying the Knicks. Um, let's say the Knicks beat the beat Golden State on Tuesday night, and then Golden State wins the championship. Nobody cares that the Knicks beat Golden State on Tuesday night, so they won that that battle. But Golden State won the championship. So what difference does yeah. it make? I'll get. I'll right. give it since you mentioned the Knicks. I'll give it to you like this. It was when the Knicks won the one playoff game back when we had Melo and we popped fucking streamers <laughs> and lost the fucking playoff series anyway with one win. <laughs> like, yeah, I give you. <laughs> there, there you go. <laughs> Shout out to the homie Jamal. He says. I'm in the seventh level of hell right now over these Knicks. I know. We know. <laughs> my, my partner from the uh, Sports Ball Podcast, he's a Knicks fan as well, and he lives and dies with the Knicks, so, you know, I hear it on a regular basis. <laughs> uh, right. Well, before we close this out, because this was fun, man, give us one more that's, like, one of those, like, really hard, serious, like, controversial statements that either you have or you've heard via – your 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 post with TikTok. Can I, can I go? Not before I answer that. Can I just say one last thing about the Eminem thing? Yeah, go ahead. I hate when people who don't listen to hip hop or didn't listen to hip hop before Eminem argue about who's the best in hip hop, and they say Eminem because you're basing it on the one person that you know. Yeah. <laughs> and that's why half the time I have to. Okay. Uh, you know, y'all keep it a buck. I'm, I'm guessing. So when white people say stuff or white people do stuff, if it's supposed to be beneficial for me, cool. But that doesn't make me think that you're not racist. It's going to take more than one statement, one thing that you do for us to get to a point where I trust you or that I don't. I, I get I told, you. I told him <laughs> totally off topic. I told a old coworker right before the uh, Democratic, the last Democratic, um, uh, shoot, primary. Yeah, the last primary, and right before COVID, right before COVID, we were having a conversation. She brought it to me. She started talking to me about it because we've never had a conversation about politics, and she was just, you know, why is it? Why are these people saying this and this and this? And I'm like, yeah, okay, she's cool. I tell her, I'd like, I've never told anybody this, but you, you know, we're cool. So I'll tell you, I think that all white people are racist to an extent. And she totally, she didn't say anything negative. She just disagreed. 
And I think she was just thinking about herself. Then everything happened. George Floyd, et cetera, et cetera. And I never saw, I haven't seen her again. I wanted to see her again so bad so I could say, see, this is what I was talking about. This is it right here. It's all in front of us. Uh, it's laid out. Anyway. Right. Well, I, I think though, well, to stick on that for a quick second, I think a lot of that too comes from upbringing, where you come from and things like that. Because I have 100% examples in my life where white people that I know aren't racist. But I also look at it as we all have a level of racism, if you want to call it that. It's real, which in reality, it's really more bigotry yeah, than racism. It's not racism. It's, preju it's prejudice and bigotry yeah. that people so cite racism because racism is the instant automatic term that they go by. It's false too. Yes. 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 Because yes. yes. I, because I, it, I'm, I, I don't want to say that like the, oh, I, I, I have white people. in No, white people are my family. I have yeah. people that are. And so I see it. And especially being on Staten Island, Staten Italy, whatever you want to call it. Like this place is so diverse that I don't have personally the same hangups that somebody else would. Like you grew up in Virginia. Totally different dynamic. <laughs> yeah. Totally right. different dynamic of, of lifestyles and upbringings and thoughts and things like that. To where I see the racism, the bigotry and stuff from people outside of. I mean, shit, cut Staten Island in half and I could go to the South Shore of Staten Island. I talk shit about the South Shore of Staten Island all the time. And I come from a family where my father, when he grew up on that side of Staten Island, was one of three, only three black families in that whole side of Staten Island. Mm. So understanding what racism and things like that look like or people white folks that have your side look like i can get them stories i point this way because my parents live right next door to me i can point right to him and get the stories from him he's told me stories about the job that i work now that he's worked before where white dudes stand up like don't you ever fucking talk to him like that again because if i don't beat your ass his ass will beat you up even better than i would you know what i'm saying so our upbringings play a lot into what you just spoke to and uh, you know i'm sorry quick sidebar you know so his his the last yeah, argument yeah is it his the last argument people like to use when it comes to eminem and it's album sales and awards and how many awards he's won how many concerts he sold out how many albums he sold and that that does play into it but not as much as him being an mc or, or being a rapper in in the in the game of of hip hop itself, you 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 can't go to me. Oh well, he's had the number one song on Billboard for fifteen weeks, or he's ten times triple platinum. That's great. That means mm -hmm. he did a good job. Because why? Because of his talent. That's how he got that. You know what I'm saying? And the people behind him, who who we're looking for uh, the great white hope, as you would like to call it, right. in in hip hop. You know what I'm saying? Right. That's what he was for those people. Well, and, and, album and sales shit, though. Album sales shit is so subjective because source. You, when you mentioned the the person who said KRS One can't rap, I used to have niggas tell me to my face that Nelly was better than KRS One back in yeah. that battle time. During that battle time, <laughs> the, niggas told me Nelly because why? Because Nelly sold more. 
And I used to tell him, get the fuck out of my face. With that shit. <laughs> There's no That's fucking weird. way. There's no way. That, yeah, I mean, I don't want to. I don't want to go back to the Eminem, but Eminem, <laughs> his sales came from people a lot that didn't follow hip hop before that. Then it's not even quantifiable against somebody who has the hip hop fans, and that's it. As opposed to the crossover appeal and yes. a whole bunch of randos who don't like rap anyway, but they like this one guy. You right. know, right. Um, like it's like it's like asking me about country music. I and say I say I like one black guy that rap that sings country, but I don't know any country music other than the black guy. Like my point, my opinion <laughs> has no value. It has no merit. You, yeah, like exactly saying right. cowboy, like saying cowboy Troy is the best to ever do it. Cowboy, <laughs> there you go. cowboy <laughs> Troy, but 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 arguable, arguable. If we were to say Charlie Pride, mm. well, mm. I can't even argue it. I'd say Charlie Pride. I know who that is. Right? We we can say Charlie Pride. We can say Charlie Pride is the goat. I barely ever heard Charlie, but we know. A lot right. of a lot of country music wouldn't be without that black man. <laughs> and, it's, and it's still different. It's different. <laughs> no, no, no. It's that's different. not the same. That's not the it's same. <laughs> it's, a bit, it's a little bit different. <laughs> right? Like Ed says, just because I listen to Hootie and the Blowfish sing country don't make me a country fan. Right. He's right. But, He's right. Yeah. right. Ed, are you going to argue with country fans that Hootie and the Blowfish is the greatest country band of all time? <laughs> no, <probably> not. <laughs> not at all. Not at all, man. But like I said, man, give us one more and then we're going to get out of here after this controversial take. All right. <laughs> Let, me think. Let me think of one. <laughs> uh, well, we did Jay Z. It was just so many people that said Jay-Z couldn't rap that it was ridiculous. Uh, we said mentioned Tupac a little bit. <laughs> Eminem. How about the Beastie Boys? I hate to go to a white rapper again, but it's white rap, hootie, but Hootie Beastie got boys, country bars. <laughs> if the Beastie Boys were black, they'd be uh the greatest hip hop band of all time. That yeah. I will vehemently disagree with. And and again, this is but this is the difference of the Beastie Boys. The Beastie Boys were and are still punk band. They are of the the, the they are of the birth of this hip hop culture. Now, with their quote unquote, as they call them, as Biz, rest in peace, Biz Marquis called them, doodoo rhymes, which <laughs> is they were kind of just saying shit to say shit that was funny. But as they but as they progressed. And, and like to the Five Boroughs album, to me, phenomenal. Like they, they, their New York record, their record about New York was better than Jay Z's New York, was better mm -hmm. than a lot of other New York records and stuff like that because they pay tribute to the city as a whole. Like in some, like from a ground level, you felt it more. You know what I'm saying? I would, I would dare say from a backpacker type level, you would have felt it more. You know that that their New York song, but. I, they, they are a good case for their whiteness putting them over. But I'm still a fan nonetheless. They, they are absolutely great. But they are great at what they did because yeah. they had their lane yep. and they stuck in it and people gravitated towards it. 
not just because they were white, right? Because they were good at what they did more than their whiteness. To me, if 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 the BC Boys were black, would we have ever heard of them? You know what I'm that, saying? It, that's a good question, though. You know what I'm saying? Like, would we have ever? Would they have been able to come out if they were black? Like, right. Because at that time, we we heard that sound was so unique yeah. that if it was a black group, I don't think they would have got buried. They would have got buried. They'd be like, nah, this is not the wave. This is not where the genre is going. This is not where the movement is. Sorry. Come Russell, back next time. Russell might not have seen the marketability in a black band like that. And here is, here is the perfect example of this. I love bringing this documentary up, Source. If you haven't seen it, please go find it. It's called A Band Called Death. Have y'all seen that yet? I saw that after you said it way back. Yes. All right. Look up this documentary, A Band Called Death. It's about these brothers, the Hackney brothers. Three black dudes who could be credited for starting punk rock music. Hmm. In and this is before, like the Ramones were quote unquote credited as like that first. These brothers were before them. Were before them, and to hear their music, they have an album called "For the World to See." The story is phenomenal about these dudes. They got shelved and buried because the labels at the time didn't think a black punk band. Or a black band doing rock and roll music. The fucking irony of a not doing rock, not black people started rock and roll. All right, let's let's remember that black people started rock and roll. But for labels to think a black band could not succeed doing quote unquote white music of its era in the late fifties, early sixties, they were buried. Barry, they they they, they 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 couldn't see how to market them, Dan, and that was the big deal right there. They, they it was racial tensions and racism at the in its era, right. totally different now when you're thinking about the marketing of them. Right. So, uh, quick, just I don't want to give it all away because even still with what I say now, it's not even going to do the whole story justice. They they kept trying to push because one of the brothers was like steadfast, adamant. We're called death. This is what we are. This is what we're doing. Until that brother died. Then they eventually broke off. They created a band where they started doing ska music. They started to take off doing ska. And then something happened where that part I'm not going to give away. You have to watch this movie to where they came back to prominence in the punk rock world because of a tragedy that happened where they lost everything. Kind of like what you and a, and a show was talking about the other night. A tragedy of losing everything. Oh, you mentioned that. How y'all lost all y'all tracks. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Something similar happened to these guys. But then they had about a certain amount of albums that went out. Very few hundred albums that went out. Somebody found it, brought it up on a radio show, put out the APB to find these cats. The two brothers that were still alive and are still alive were found. People loved what they did. And 
they became and finally lived out the brother who passed away's dream. But if you want to hear the music, it is called Death. The name of the band is Death, and the album is For the World to See. It's about 27 minutes. Phenomenal music. But thinking about what you was, we was talking about, TJ, that's why that brought that to my mind, is yeah. because these cats who were the originators, we can say, of this style of music were not looked at in a certain way. That what, would have happened to the Beastie Boys if they were black. What, what was that line in the Five Heart Beast? He says, why they got the four white boys on the album cover? We, they didn't sing the song. <laughs> and he was just like, no, because they got them on the cover because that's what sells, you know what I'm saying? And right. the, that's what right. the public is going to gravitate to to make the label money. And you know it's a it's a it's a grease the palm type of industry, you know what I'm saying? It's who you know and who you can get to play your shit on the radio on a consistent basis. And if you're not doing that, you're not gonna get the publicity or the hype or get the machine behind the back to get to make you as, as successful as you could possibly be. Right. And so source before you give your point on that question you gave us, I think that explains why we, if, if BCs were black, nah, it might not have happened. They would have, and we know the black community would have been looking at them like, who are these goofy motherfuckers? You know what I'm saying? Like straight up and down. Like who are these goofy fucking dudes? I thought it was, uh, at some point during the conversations in the last week, I kind of compared them to the fat boys. I had never thought about it before though. Mm. Mm. Cause and I don't even know if it's the same thing, but just the fact that they were comical and had whatever point of view, which is they were fat. And then you had the Beastie Boys and they were white. Even though they didn't rap about being white, they were white dudes just having fun at the beginning. So that was kind of... I mean, can you, can you see four black dudes singing Paul Revere? You know what Yo. I'm saying? <laughs> Bro, listen. Paul Revere was my joint. He used to be a joint on the middle school bus from basketball game. On a you know, a way bus. Paul Revere was, was dope. It was dope. And I yeah, was man. every time we did that joint. <laughs> well, I mean, I and to be honest, TJ. I can say yes, because let's think about the early days in rap where these was was rhyming over TV show tunes. Like remixing like Gillig do how many niggas hit Gilligan's Island in the 80s? You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. Like <laughs> yeah, they did a whole rap song about Inspector Gadget, you know what I'm saying? With the Inspector Gadget beat, you know what I'm saying? Like it was definitely oh, definitely yeah. different. Now Ed Ed'll give us the last point here. Where does third base land on this? Or do they get the gas face? They do not get the gas face. No, you look like all I was gonna say is I can't speak uh negatively on third base because MC Search duetted that video, so I can't say anything. <laughs> 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 word up. But no, but that, but it goes back to that difference of when we were talking about Eminem. Search was in the community. Right. That's Search, real. Search was out there. In, listen, to, the listen to Search. Listen to Search's interviews, like his Drink Champs interview or his uh, Questlove Supreme interview. Like Search was trying to be a five percenter, but knew his place because he he was a white dude in the surf in the cipher, right. and he could be down, but he couldn't be down. 
And it's that that's the difference within these when we're talking about quote unquote white MCs, which happens to be some of the most controversial, if not the most controversial things within the hip hop culture, is white people's presence in hip hop culture. People love to disrespect it, but as as I gotta bring up the homie again, he loves to quote the track when he when they said from the white to the black, the brown, you know, from the white to the black, the blue and brown, brown yeah. the purple, yeah. brown, yeah, brown and, and yellow. Yeah. Like, yeah, you're talking about the whole rainbow of people. And if you do the homework on the culture itself, it came up from despair. It came up from poverty and it came up from these communities where it was poor white people. It was poor black people. It was poor Hispanics and Latinos. Like it was, yes, blacks and Latinos started this shit by way of the, the creation of the elements and things like that. But when you're bringing in graffiti as a part of it, a lot of white folks was at the birth of, when I mentioned scene, he, that man is whiter than white. You know what I'm saying? Like when you, when you bring up some of the, that now, yes, some of the early MCs, no, they didn't really get to prominence till the Beastie Boys, yes. But they've always been within this culture. I mean, even from the DJ element and you bring up the DMC competition, a lot of white dudes was in them DMC competitions. A lot. I watched a white dude fucking scratch reel the reel tapes in a DMC competition. Wow. Look that shit up. You know what I'm saying? Like so. I saw. I mean, uh, uh so it's bad, but you know, search well, search gets a pass. Prime Minister Pete. There's an argument within that, and people thought he was the nicest out of there. No fucking way. Right. Yeah. Well, you know, I was just gonna mention that in the comments, in the original comments, um, I think maybe two people said, or at least one person said strongly, I am not comfortable with white people having an opinion on hip hop. Then in a different conversation, uh, a podcast I had done after the post, but before, you know, it kind of took off. Um, a guy was saying, well, hip hop is not really black. It's, it's everybody. And people in the comments were like, you can't take hip hop away from black people because it's black culture. So I, there's an argument both ways. I, I think, I think there's an argument both ways. No, there, there is an argument both ways and hip hop culture is black culture, but hip hop culture has kind of, oh, it goes back to how people always say black people are most inclusive people in the world. It's true to a point, but hip hop culture has always been inclusive. It's just that 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 want and need to have something for ourselves is what comes into play. And with all due respect, we can play that card. But if you really and that's the thing, like when you talk, I forgot what point we made earlier. Oh, when you made the point about people saying Eminem is the best to ever do it, but they only started listening since Eminem. If you don't go back and do your homework, do your research on these things, then you're playing yourself. You're playing yourself. You're fooling yourself. You're, you're, you're actually hurting yourself from um, doing the actual knowledge on these things that you claim to live and love. You got to do the background. It's like us being Eagles fans, right? Us being Eagles fans and motherfuckers saying, oh, y'all finally won a championship. No, we won championships before we were born That's in right. the 60s. Chuck been there. We, we won. We won a championship with the fucking Pittsburgh Steelers as the Steagles. I would have never knew that if I didn't do homework. Right. 
I didn't live it. But you still got to have the want and li- the, the want to do the knowledge on what you love. Agreed. And, and, and going back into that, like you saying, like white people in the culture, you can just look at directly at fashion because it was all hill figure and polo for a minute. And then we got the fubus. Then we got the fat farms. Then we got the cro- uh, cross colors and stuff like that. So we we did we did jump in there. You know what I'm saying? It's or, like or you bring it to Jabal is not a black. You know, Jabot is not a black person. You know what I'm saying? You, when you, when you bring it, when you bring it to today, people still on Louis. People are still on Louis. These are white European white owned brands that niggas prop up till this day or do the TI and say, We're not gonna wear you for three months and then be back in them in a month and a half later. Like, like you know what I'm saying? Like to Take all this controversy y'all want, people. We're just trying to give y'all facts with our opinions mixed with facts with mixed with opinions. But it's a lot of facts and a lot of what we say. If you go do the homework and do the research, man. But I'm going to go do more homework on this brother's group, Grown Folks. I got to listen to that joint now now that you let us know, man. And Hey, look. You got to look up Grown Folks Child's Play because there's so many things that say grown folks in the world that a million different things will come up. Like every time, if you do anything with music, grown folks music, grown folks, whatever, it's a million things. And there's other groups probably called grown folks that have rapped. So grown folks, child's play is the only thing that's readily available from us. Right. All right. Well, like you said, I'm doing my homework on y'all this week. You know, you're more than welcome to come back at any time, man. At any, any single time, man, your dope brother, Good Thanks brother. for coming thank on too. Yeah, yeah, thank you for joining us and in, in, you know, and again, thank you for being the inspiration for this week's conversation, man. So oh, let man the, I appreciate that. Let the people know where we could find you and don't be afraid to reach out because we could collaborate at any time, you know. Word. Uh well, find me on Instagram at source of course and same on TikTok. I used to say Twitter, I don't even say Twitter anymore because I don't even go to Twitter unless it's to, to verify something happened. Look, my Twitter got hacked. My Twitter got hacked before Demarius is passing. So when I saw the story on in my uh, sports group, it was from a random website. I was like, let me go find out the truth. I tried to go to Twitter. I was like, dang, it got hacked. I can't even get to it. So <laughs> I had to go look elsewhere to find my information. But uh, anyway, Instagram and TikTok. And uh, you can follow Source and Company on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, etc. Gotcha, gotcha. Well, you got a new fan here, and like I said, Definitely. man, we we made this connection here. You can reach out to me at any time. Reach out, to TJ. You know, now we good here. We good here, unless you fuck it up. That's just how I roll. <laughs> <laughs> like we good here unless you fuck it up. But it's funny you said that about t- Twitter because I say fuck Twitter at the end of every episode. It's the most hateful place on the internet, in my opinion. But y'all know what to do. I'll keep mine short and sweet. Hit that QR code in the top corner. Get everything starting five. From the TikTok to the Instagram and all of that shit. TJ. <laughs> Yo, shout out to you, Source. Thanks for coming on and being an inspiration for the show again. Appreciate it. Love your insight and knowledge uh, of all things hip-hop and sports. That, w- that was really great today. Shout out to all the peoples in the comments participating. Uh, Ed, Jamal, you guys. Love you guys. Ed, I mean, uh, Dan, thanks for uh, putting together another great show. Another great topic this week. Um, 
and everybody stay safe and you know enjoy the holidays coming up. Word up. And we got a year end show coming soon. Whether I, I will debate, we'll, me and TJ will decipher if it's going to be next week or the week after. Uh, we're not going to do it after Christmas. We might just take that week off leading into the new year. So if you want to be a part of the year-end show, y'all know what to do. Hit us up, Source. You're welcome. Definitely welcome back for the year-end show where we just recap everything. We have a big, huge party of people when we all just chop it up. It gets or, it gets coordinated nicely. Not everybody steps on each other's toes like you hear on other shows, things like that, because I don't play that type of shit. But if you're, you're down to come on when we do the year-end show, that's coming soon. So for everybody here, peace, and we'll All see right. y'all next week. Peace. Shout out to Disabled Planets. <laughs>